Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. Thank you. Good morning, family. Such a privilege um, that I, I get to share with you guys this morning. Um, so coming on the, on the back of, of last week and having prayed um, for baptisms of the Holy Spirit and people to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, um, I think uh, one thing that was quite, not, it wasn't strange because we are led by the same Spirit, but it was more of a confirmation of what God is doing in, in our community here at Breakthrough Life Church was the synchronization of what God was doing here in the main church as well as what the Lord was doing with our youth. Um, we have a separate service on Sundays with our youth and we've been going through um, Deuteronomy 6 and we've been doing a, a study on Shama. Um, based on Deuteronomy 6, which is a prayer um, that was, still is being prayed by um, the traditional um, Jewish people and, and, and has been for thousands of years, since the days of Moses. <laughs> Come on. I had to sneak it in there somehow. <laughs> right? Um, so... I wanna I wanna just read first from um, from Deuteronomy four verse four. But before I get there, I wanna say there's a there's there's an infilling of the Holy Spirit that marks a activated life. So it's like you get baptized by the Holy Spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus said, "Wait." Wait for the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will receive power. Eskom. I'm joking. Eskom comes and goes, but, um, but this power remains. Amen? Cool. So I want to, I wanna, let's, let's go to Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, and it says, Hear, O Israel. The Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might. And these things that I command to you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. I'm going to repeat that one again. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and, you, and when you walk on the way, when you lie and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. So he says... Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You will love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And then he says, and, and 
this love that you have for the Lord will be like a sign that you wear. It will be so contagious that you will speak of it to your friends, to your children, to your colleagues, right? And when you are on the streets, you will speak of this love. In fact, it will be like a lens between your eyes, a new way of viewing life. It will be like, like a lens. Remember Sean was talking about Old Testament, New Testament lens? It will be like a lens that you get to see life. You know, when you, okay, when I, like, was first, when I was baptized, baptized with the Holy Spirit, um, John, John used this analogy last week. He said, baptismo is like a, a sponge that is immersed in water. And when it comes out, it's just dripping. It can't help but drip. It can't help. It just drips. It's like you make yourself some nice tea. I drink Earl Grey. So makes myself some nice tea. And you take out the, the bag and it's just soaking and it just drips. It can't help but drip. And, 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 and I, I remember feeling this such an awareness of the Holy Spirit when I was moving around. And even my friends begin to distance themselves from me because they were confronted with things. Like, oh, Moss, you know what? We used to be cool because we could do X, Y, Z together. But you just carry a different way about you. And later in life, they, 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 they got to know the Lord and, and join us in this family of Christ. I want to talk about Shammah. He says in the beginning of verse 4, Hear, O Israel. Now the word hear, here is Shammah. Shammah means listen, Leister, mamela, lalela. It means pay attention. No? But it has a, even a deeper root, a deeper meaning than just pay attention. It's like, listen and obey. Don't just listen. Listen and then do. Okay, so let's, 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 a lot of, I see you are looking at me and like, you don't believe me. Let's go to, let's go to Psalm 24, uh, verse 7, and it says, Hear my voice when I call, O Lord. Be merciful and answer me. So it's like there's a, there's a realization here that when God hears, he responds, right? He answers, he hears, and he, and he responds. If you look back at um, verse 4, it has the same, like, like the same thing, this pull and push um, phenomenon of hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, and you shall love the Lord, right? It's like, listen, and because you have shamad me, you, it, 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 it then it cult, it, it like, it cultivates an, a nature of following and being a, a disciple of God. So I was, I was thinking about this idea of having a companion, like a guide, 
and I was thinking, what is a modern day equivalent to having a guide, like a, a guide that you can call upon anytime in, in, in movements day to day? And I was like, I've got this thing in my car, this set nav, you know, navigation system. It's like you press on it and you say, hey, I want to go to Santin or I want to go to Pretoria. Now, every morning I take my kids to, to um, school and I set it up every morning. I go Northwest Christian School and then it shows me the route. But sometimes I go into the settings and then I mute because I want to most worship. I put on music, and then me and my kids are like, we want to see Jesus lifted high. And it's so like in the car, and we're having nice chats. And like, Daddy, this happened to me yesterday. I'm like, don't worry, my kid, you must just forgive. It's always complaints. But, <laughs> but then the woman in the satellite, in the, in the Waves app, will be telling me, turn left. There's an accident ahead. It's like too much traffic, the route you headed. Turn right. There is like a, a roadblock on that road. Continue straight. Don't turn right here because if you take right, that robot is not working and there's a backlog. There's like, you'll be stuck in traffic. And sometimes what I do is I ignore. Yeah. Yeah. I ignore it. Because why? I know a shortcut. <laughs> I know a shortcut. There's a way. You see, if you can just, and then there's a, and then we, and then we are there. You see, like there's a shortcut. And sometimes I feel like we treat the Holy Spirit like that. He's there guiding you throughout everything. And it's like, oh, it's so good. Yo, I love this album by Bethel. Or whoever is like, oh, this is such, oh, so good. I'm worshiping Jesus. And the Holy Spirit says, turn left. She's like, wait, I'm, I'm worshiping Jesus. And, and the Holy Spirit says, turn right. Like, wait, mute. I'm, I'm worshiping Jesus. And you're not paying attention to what he's saying. You get stuck in traffic. And you're like, Jesus, why didn't you tell me? He's <laughs> like, ah, remember, deep cries out too deep. You are jamming out very nicely in the car. And I tried to warn you. He's <laughs> like, my sheep hear my voice. But it's not just my sheep hear my voice. It's my sheep hear my voice. And they shama. So here's, here's a crazy thing. In the Old Testament, like Hebrew, there is no different word for obedience. It's like it's the same thing. So shama, to listen, and shama, to obey, is the same word. So when you shama, listen, pay attention. You shama, do. So you cannot shama, hear, and shama, not do. Because the two things are different sides of the same coin. So there's, there means there's somehow a disconnect between the one and the other. 
So I was, I was so encouraged last week just watching people surrender anew their lives and be like, you know, Lord, like I've strayed or I feel like I need a new dose. And then he comes through and he gives you that new dose. And then Monday happens and you're stuck in traffic and Jabulani cuts you off. You know that, that feeling, no? And then he has the audacity to do the blinkers like you gave him a chance. It's like, he'll do like the thank you thing. You know the thank you thing? The hazards. Oh, thanks, boss. <laughs> like, I didn't give you the chance. And Holy Spirit in that moment. Yes, what is he saying? I think for me, the most impactful moment um, of my early years of Christian, of, of, of being a Christian, was that vigor and that fire that could not be tamed. I've learned that as, as, as I grow older, I learn to center myself, I, I learn to quiet ideas and thoughts. And some of those thoughts are good thoughts. Some of those thoughts are God thoughts. So as a new believer, you've got this fire and this vigor, and you just want to do, 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 right? You remember? First love. It's like, oh, yeah, let's go. Outreach. I'm there. Sign me up, coach. And you just want to do, do, do. And then... And then slowly but surely you get told, no, 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 there's a better way. No, no. And then eventually you get an idea and you suppress it and you keep it in your back pocket because you've been told so many times, no, that your default response is to sit on what God is giving you instead of acting it out. I'm praying for a day when the church of God will be bold with his truth. A day when we will declare his truth without shame, without prejudice. Because the Bible says, a fool says in his heart, there is no God. And we're sitting on the truth of who God is. And we are not shamaring. We're not... We're not we're not living it out. So I walk in the mall and I see there's a, there's a Black Friday sale. <laughs> and Jesus is like, walk in here, there's someone that you need to talk to. First response is, ah, Jesus, Makra is closing in like 10 minutes. <laughs> Mark closing in 10 minutes. I must get to Macro because my wife is going to kill me if I don't. I'm joking. She's, she's good. She's good to me. Um, <laughs> but what happens if we believe the Bible to such an extent that everything we did was through the lens of our love for the Lord? He says, you shall wear it on your wrist. It's like... What, what would happen if believers 
were so in love with Jesus that our hands, our hands, the way, the way we work, the diligence in your day-to-day work, at home, at work, would be, I love the Lord so much that I, I don't want to be anything less than what he's called me to be. You guys get it, no? Cool. So, I'm going to wrap up. Jesus, help us to carry your word, to listen, and to obey. Help us to shema in all things. And as we speak to our friends, as we speak to our neighbors, as we speak to our colleagues, as we work, as we diligently teach this to our children, as we view the world with this new lens, help us, empower us to move and to share your love. Amen? Beautiful. Flate, flate, my story is eight. That's powerful, eh? Sure. You think you know everything and then you learn something new. That word shama, wow. And I thought uh, really also in light of what Vili's going to share, just to listen and then do because there's going to be an activation. Um, when, when Christ comes, when he came, it was all about a union with him. It's always about a union with him. He does so much, but we also need to do things. So I think it's an absolutely incredible word, Moses. Thank you so, so much. And so please put your hands together as we welcome Vili onto stage. Morning, morning. The first service, my screenshot was uh, not right. So I read a little bit strangely, but now I fixed it. Hallelujah. Maybe just, I did fix it. Yeah, I got it. Okay, so I'm going to read first. Mark 5. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Oh, if you want to page there, Mark 5. Okay. But I'm still reading because it's a short time, so I'm going to. And then it says, And had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her daughter, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So the title of my message this morning is, Jesus did not leave it there. We will get back to that. 
First, let's look at this woman. She symbolically had blood that she was losing, which is symbolic of life. The Bible says the life is in the blood. And she was losing life. And many people tried to contain life. They tried to contain the joy. They tried to contain the peace. They tried to contain what makes them feel alive. And it's very difficult if you don't know Jesus to do that. But even as a child of God, you can struggle. Sometimes it seems like the life just flows out of you. Symbolically, she suffered relationally. According to Leviticus 15, you were not allowed to touch her. Think about this, 12 years, 12 years. Not allowed to touch her. She was suffering relationally. And we can conclude from the text that she was probably also not allowed to touch people. She did suffer. She knows rejection. She knows disappointment because she tried over and over. This doctor, that doctor, this advice, that advice. But she wasn't getting better. She knows disappointment. And the Bible highlights this. Of all the things that she could have been through, it says she just grew worse. And many times we pray, we seek the Lord, and if we have to be honest, sometimes things just grow worse. I don't know, that's, that's my experience. I've, I've before said to the Lord, really, <clears throat> is my formula wrong? <laughs> I have been there. And I know many others that has talked to me and said to me, it seems like things are just getting worse. And this lady felt it. This lady understood this. And in a sense, we can familiarize with this lady. In a sense, we can feel this lady's pain. But in Scripture, many touched Jesus. Even before this, they touched Him and were made well. So what makes this story so significant? Why is this even here? Many touched Him. You see, the thing that I believe is she was not really allowed to touch him. And they couldn't touch her. So even going through the crowd and them touching her was a problem. So the scripture says she came from behind. Not wanting to be noticed. Just coming from behind. But there's something about this lady that, that boggles my mind. Is that the right word, boggles? Because she sees into the new covenant. She's in the old covenant, but she sees grace. She's in the old covenant, but she sees, she sees mercy. She sees healing. She sees her able to come close to him. She sees her able to touch him. But this is the thing. It wasn't easy for her. Because the old covenant said you're not allowed to do this. There's many things that might tell you, you are not worthy of touching him. There's many things that tells you, you are not today worthy of coming closer. You are not worthy of touching, you know this was God. You are not worthy of touching God. You are not worthy of experiencing his grace, his mercy, and the crowds, you're not worthy of passing through them. And somehow, 
By the help of the Holy Spirit, I believe. She pressed through. And many get stuck in the crowd. Many can't even push past the first group of people that says, no, you don't, you don't deserve this. You're not, you can't come closer. And their whole lives, they don't have this intimate relationship with Jesus. Because the voices says, you can't come, come closer. This is just fascinating about this woman. She sees grace. She sees mercy. Isn't it just amazing? This is beautiful. I'm just going to, I feel I should just wait a little bit here. We can come closer. Amen. We can come closer. Now, again, she presses through the crowd. And the Bible says she touches him. And power went out of, power came out of him. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of like the power of God. I think I'm a power guy. So I tried basically all I could. If somebody said, pray eight hours a day, I would go for it. If somebody said fast, I would fast. If somebody said, read your Bible, I would read it and read it and read it. And I just like the power of God. I'm a power guy. Trudy met a power guy, but then obviously she married and she realized there's not only power, <laughs> there's some other stuff. But the thing is this, that I really liked the power, I really like it, and I don't think it's wrong to experience the power of God and go for it. I don't think it's wrong. And the thing is, she experienced this, this power of the Lord. But... She tried to get away. Got my healing, experienced his power. Now let me, let me get away. And here the message that I want to bring starts. But Jesus did not leave it there. You see, the power is wonderful. And the power is good. But boy, oh boy, that's not all we need. You see, up to this stage in the Bible, she was just called a woman. Just the woman. And Jesus turns around and he says, daughter. From just a woman to daughter. Wow. From just a man to son. Suddenly what he says is, I am your father. The Bible calls him everlasting Father. And we need to learn this about acceptance. We need to understand sonship. We need to understand what it means to have God as a Father. Now most of us, many of us, I think most of us, are probably kind of messed up in that area, okay? I mean really, I don't, I don't know if you, but I don't think most people that I talked to had a perfect Father. <laughs> so, it's a journey, and it's been a story because power guy needed to understand love and acceptance. It was difficult for me. And uh, I, I don't have time to tell you how God got me, but he got me. Okay, about this whole sonship thing. 
But it changed so many things in my life. And I want to say it's good to have His power. But we need to understand His love. And we need to understand His acceptance. And we need to understand that we have become part of a family and part of His body. And He's a caring, loving Father. But Jesus did not leave it there. He did not leave it there. He says to her, your faith has made you whole. There's something here that's important. You see the Greek word there is zozo, meaning complete wholeness. We need to become whole. Scripture says, Paul said, I want you to be blameless spirit, soul, and, and body. And inside here, there's many mindset patterns. There's many things we are battling. There's many emotions that's very powerful that we can battle. There's many strongholds. There's many things that we are fighting, battling. Many people don't know of all our struggles. But Jesus said, it's good that you understand that I'm your father, but you have to understand wholeness. Now, the book of Matthew says she was made well, whole, from that very hour. And it is as if Matthew doesn't see this as an instantaneous thing, although the other gospel writers do. He sees it as more of a, a process. And I have to honestly admit that I understood sonship, I understood love, but I had to understand wholeness. I had to understand what is this wholeness that he wants me to have, this freedom that he wants me to have. So one day I was praying, I said to the Lord, Lord, you know what, I've served you for so many years and I've prayed, studied the Bible, did what I can. What do I have to show for all these years of, of sacrifice? I was asking him, you know when you get older, you ask different questions, you know. Although you call us young men, hallelujah. <laughs> Caleb and Joshua. Anyway, so basically, um, you ask different questions. I said, what do I have to show? And the Holy Spirit spoke. I mean, I could feel it. He said, what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and he loses his soul? The Bible says, receive the end of your faith, the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your soul. Wholeness, wholeness, freedom. And you know, if I look at my life 10 years ago, oh Lord, help us all. And if I look at it now, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm not the same. Now you might be thinking I was the very holy guy, but let me tell you, if I tell you what I've done in my life, you might say, oh, Jesus, help us. I've done some strange things. Okay, but the point is this. My testimony is a bit rough. But the thing is just this, that I wasn't whole. Not at all. And Jesus started working things into me that I did not have 10 years ago, 5 years ago. I did not have it. Freedom. Amen. But Jesus... Did not leave it there. It's wonderful to understand his power and his touch and intimacy. And it's wonderful to understand that he's a father and his love and his acceptance. And it's wonderful to understand wholeness and freedom. But there's more. 
Jesus said, the last words, go in peace. You know, the kingdom of God is peace. We are praying for the kingdom to come, and that's peace. In this world, you will have troubles and tribulations. Do not let your heart be troubled. I give you peace. There's a place where we can come. And I, I, to me, it's, it follows wholeness. When your mind is rushing, there's no peace. But there's peace when, I, when fear starts to move to one side. Because this woman was filled with fear. There's peace when trouble starts to get moved to one side. There's peace when there's faith. There's peace when there's healing. There's peace when you understand wholeness. So to me, peace follows wholeness. Peace guards our hearts. Our hearts can go, and God's peace, just I don't know what's wrong with me, because this is how we talk. Because I shouldn't be so peaceful <laughs> when all of this is happening around me. Why is that? Because peace guards you. Peace protects you. We need His peace. Not only do we need His peace, we need to be peacemakers. We need to pray for peace. Amen? It's this, this place of peace that He wants us to be in. Amen? And you hear what I'm saying. God wants us to move, but He's not finished with you. Maybe you're like that lady, I don't know, that was like, okay, I need something today. So I'm going to just go. I got it. You know what? Let me talk about this. This, uh, this one. This. The Bible says she said to herself, you know, Jesus could have passed and nothing maybe would have happened to her. There's things God will do for you. There's things people will do for you. But there's things you've got to do for yourself. The prodigal son had to say to himself, I'm getting out of this place. And I don't know what we are missing. Sometimes I believe that we are waiting on him, but I think maybe sometimes he's waiting on us to get something action going, to get some movement going. So she said to herself, if I, I mean, this is a crazy story that she determines what's going to happen in a sense. Why? Because she saw what can happen. And then she said, let's go for this. Amen? So here she goes. I'm going to get this, you see. And she touches him. And she says, I'm out of here. And then Jesus says, uh-uh. Come back here. You're not getting away. I'm not finished with you. I'm not finished with you. There's fear in your life. We need to deal with this. There's no peace. I want to give you peace. Amen? There's no acceptance. You don't know who you are, but I want to make you my child. Amen? So my point this morning is simple. Jesus is not finished with you. And I know if you serve him, you're like, what's the Lord up to again? It's easy. Jesus is not finished with you. Amen? He's not finished. And he'll bring those wonderful things into your life. And in a sense, the story of this lady is symbolic, typical of, of I believe, the body of Christ. And we can see God's moving us through a process. 
sonship was restored, fathership was restored. There's a lot of things about wholeness. And prophetically, I believe peace, supernatural kingdom peace is coming our way. Amen. So this morning, I don't know where you are. I don't know what is your need this morning. The first word I want to give you is this. Jesus did not stop there. He's not stopping. He's not going to leave you alone. And he's going to keep on pulling you to him. He's going to keep on visiting you. Because he's not finished with you. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to do a prayer just before we're going to give some time for ministry. Can we all stand? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. When you left, you said, I give you peace. You gave us wonderful things. I want to pray for everybody here that's not experiencing your wonderful peace. Let there just be peace now. My peace I give you. My peace I leave you. Peace not as the world gives. Thank you, Lord, that it's a peace that guards us, that protects us. Thank you, Jesus, for wholeness. Thank you, Jesus, for acceptance, love. 